Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much prospered as no other people on earth it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the authority. Good morning. Thank you so very much for joining us on AM 1420. The answer is we get started at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 19th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. So we got a big show today. We got a couple of great guests. As you know, we always talk to Dr. Everett Piper on Thursdays. He'll be with us at the top of the next hour. So about 60 minutes from now, Dr. Piper is going to join us to discuss a host of issues related to the ongoing uh, Chinese virus, the threat to the United States, the threat to the rest of the world. How big is it? How much of it is legitimate? How much of it is being overblown? How much of the reactions from the government are absolutely appropriate? How many of the reactions of the government might be questionable? Those are the issues that are being discussed from one end of this country to the other this morning, and we will continue to do so in a sober, responsible way. And when I say sober, I mean, I don't mean that as opposed to inebriated, but I mean in a very responsible, even-handed, level-headed way. We are not going to freak out on this broadcast. And I want everybody to understand that extremists on both sides, I believe, are doing the country a disservice. And I'm going to talk about this today from all aspects and all angles. Dr. Piper will be a part of that. Also, part of that conversation today will be my friend David Zanotti from the AP Roundtable. That's the American Policy Roundtable. Dave Zanotti uh, does great work uh, with the Roundtable as well as the Public Square Broadcast Network. He works with Rob Walgate, who is a fill-in host on this uh, show from time to time, and uh, certainly a regular guest and a very well-respected guy as well. So Dave Zanotti's got some thoughts at the bottom of the hour at 935 <clears throat> about the response here in the state of Ohio in particular to the uh, Wuhan virus. Yes, and you hear me saying it, and I'm going to hit this again harder and harder and harder every day that goes by. Every day that the left tries to tell you that Donald Trump is a xenophobe. Every day that the left tries to tell you that President Trump and his supporters, conservative people like me, and quite frankly, just realists, 
honest people who point out that the blame for all of this chaos in the United States and around the globe rests with Beijing. That's it. Anybody who tries to tell you that addressing that, pointing that out, explaining that is racist or xenophobic, I am going to hit over the head again and again and again with facts. Because that is precisely what happened. It was one of the greatest cover-ups in history. The Chinese government perpetrated on the rest of the world. When this uh, virus was released in Wuhan, China, and rather than getting on top of it, rather than immediately containing it, rather than immediately quarantining those who knew it and were exposed to it, they tried to cover it up. And let it spread, and let it spread, and let it spread. And to point that fact out is not racist. It is not an attempt to harm Chinese Americans or their businesses or anything else of the sort. This does not come down to a bat in China. It does not come down to the Chinese civilians. It does not come down to Chinese American civilians. Rather, it is the Chinese government. It is the Chinese leadership. The Chinese authoritarian communist leadership. One of the worst cover-ups in American history, and it is, or not American, rather, in world history, and it is leading to unprecedented chaos uh, being uh, fostered here by, and being fanned, quite frankly. Uh, by those responsible for the release of this virus and the failure and the intentional failure to cover up. Well, let me do that. The failure to, to contain it and the intentional uh, cover-up of that failure. China did this. Saying so is not racist. Pointing out that the Chinese government is to blame. Look, there are a lot of people who blame the United States government for A, B, C, D, or E. That does not mean American citizens are to blame for it. Nobody blames him. So nobody's blaming Chinese citizens for the decisions of their government, but their government must be called out. And I'm going to continue to do that. It is the responsible thing to do. As we talk about uh, trying to come together in this country, like I said in the beginning, there are extremists on both sides. I have people screaming at me. Bob, why are you giving this hoax any credibility? Why are you pay- paying attention to this uh, this massive uh, coronavirus thing when it's still minuscule compared to the actual flu? This is a, this is an attempt to crash our economy. Blah blah blah. There are extremists on one side, and that's all those all they see and all they say. And on the other side, there are people saying we need to shelter in place right now, and the government should shut down everything, keep people in their homes for a period of fourteen days, lock them down. Under armed guard, nobody leaves, because we have to stop this, otherwise the entire world is going to be consumed by it, and we are all going to die. Those are two extremes that I find very, very dangerous. Neither one of them are applicable. Neither one of them are accurate. Neither one of them are based in reality. There is a deadly pandemic. There is a virus that is flying around that is killing mostly old people, but hospitalizing a lot of other people. And if you look at what's going on in some of the other countries, it's even killing some non-senior citizens. People in their 50s, people in their 40s have contracted the virus, and usually due to other underlying health conditions, were not able to shake it off and actually died. This is reality. It is happening. 
to suggest otherwise is irresponsible. To suggest that the government shouldn't take some regulatory steps to try to minimize the transmission of said disease. That is irresponsible. But likewise, to suggest that every right we have and that every element of the economy and American commerce should just be shut down rather than reasonable steps being taken to control it is also very dangerous. The futures market does not look good. Stock market's going to open it shortly. And it looks like after another crushing blow to the Dow yesterday, putting us under 20,000, uh, it's going to go even lower today. People's livelihoods are at stake. People's retirement accounts are at stake. People's uh, savings and investments are at stake. This is a very, and people that you may rely upon for your job, they have a vested interest in the stock market. You know, that's one of the things that I think is a misnomer. As President Trump has routinely for three and a half years, you know, touted the health of the, of the stock market and the Dow Jones setting new records day after day and week after week, right? Um, he's talking about how huge that is for the American economy. And a lot of the people who don't have investments and don't play the stock market say, well, that's only for rich people. That's not helping us here on Main Street. Understand, first of all, that small businesses are the driver of the American economy. More people work for small businesses than are employed by the giant corporations. The Fords, the GEs, the Apples, the Microsofts, uh, the the, uh, the GMCs, rather, uh, the Disneys. You know, the massive corporations do not employ the massive numbers of American workers. It is small business owners. And guess what a lot of small business owners have? They have investments. They have made investments. And guess what else? Just regular Americans have their investments in their retirement accounts. And a lot of these people employ other people. And if their investments tank because of a crashing stock market, it affects everybody, not just the the shareholders, but the people who rely upon them. So understand that when we talk about this stock market uh, continuing to go down and down and down as a result of this worldwide panic, it does impact people, everybody, on Main Street, not just people who live off of Wall Street. And so that's important to know. So there's a lot of uh, steps, uh, there are a lot of steps rather being taken by the federal government. President Trump signed last night uh, another uh, um, uh, coronavirus bill that is going to provide a ton of money to a ton of different institutions to try to um, minimize as much as possible. It's really not going to be minimal, but to try to affect positively um, the uh, impact of the coronavirus on a lot of people who are relying on their paychecks, who no longer can have them because businesses have been shut down by government edict, and uh, and also assistance to integral parts of the American economy, including the airline industry, including the hospitality industry, including the tourism industry. All of these things being negatively impacted, there's going to be a ton of American dollars flowing to them to try to keep them afloat during this. We'll keep you posted with all that. We'll talk more about what happened and why. And we'll also talk about where it's going. And that will be a tough conversation to have. And the reason why is because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Many experts are saying that we're just a week behind where Italy is. And Italy is in a very bad way right now. Others are saying, why are we focusing on Italy? France isn't as bad as Italy. The UK isn't as bad as, as Italy. Spain isn't. Why are we choosing? What about the Nordic countries? Why are we choosing Italy as the model that this is the worst case scenario that's coming? Some want to know why we're focusing on that instead of other places that are not seeing anywhere near the number of cases. 
It's a legitimate question. So on this program, we will assess all of this from a non um, extremist point of view. We're not going to we're not going to be embracing the this is a giant hoax extremists uh, extremist position, and we're not going to be embracing the world is dying and ending tomorrow extremist position. We're going to be reasonable. We're going to be responsible. And guess what else? We're going to be Americans, and we're going to get through all of this together reasonably and responsibly. If you'd like to be a part of that reasonable, responsible discussion, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. want to get you on the air. I want to read your comments on social media. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. I will read uh, pertinent uh, comments uh, on the air as well and give you some responses to those. So make sure you find a way to be heard and be a part of this conversation. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. On AM 1420, The Answer. Nine twenty-three now. The Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Appreciate you being with us. This is uh, this this is the nonsense that the American left is concerning itself with. Rather than dealing with the crisis, the health crisis, in a responsible way, they insist on playing politics and trying to find fault with Donald Trump. President Trump is also under fire for frequently referring to coronavirus as the Chinese virus. The president says the virus originated in China and he's pushing back on a Chinese official who had suggested the U.S. military brought the disease to Wuhan. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. But many Asian Americans say it is racist and that the president's actions have led to a growing number of attacks on the community, both verbal and physical. Show that. Show that, CBS. Show that. Prove to me that Asian Americans are being attacked by non-Asian Americans because Donald Trump is calling the Chinese virus the Chinese virus. Show me Factual data or stop with that hysterical lying. The Chinese government is responsible for the crashing of the American economy. The Chinese government is responsible for thousands and thousands and thousands of American all Americans already filing for unemployment. The Chinese government is responsible for the crashing of the Dow Jones, the American stock market. The Chinese government, which allowed this to happen and tried to cover it up rather than to contain it and deal with it, is to blame for this chaotic time in world history. And these American leftists want to allow the Chinese government to escape the blame. Shh! Don't tell everybody it started in China. Chinese people might get upset by that. What sort of fantasy world are we living in? Where that's the attitude. What sort of, of, of parallel universe are we in? It isn't just that it started in China. It's that the Chinese mismanaged it intentionally from the beginning. And to allow them to escape blame for something that they are 100% uh, responsible for is just, it's, it's inconceivable. President Trump, 
continue to remind the world this is not some sort of random thing that just happened in the in the atmosphere above and just landed equally upon all different parts of the earth this originated in Wuhan China they deserve to be held accountable for it now in terms of of identify identification but moreover in terms of sanctions later it is time for us to socially distance ourselves from China by way of sanctions and by way of ending relationships with cheap Chinese manufacturers. Navy man Norm is in Strongsville on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Norm, go right ahead. You know, they call it Irish stew because it originated in Russia, Bob. (laughs) Well done. Well done. These people are insane. They have lost their, well, I won't even say they lost the moral compass because they didn't have a moral compass to begin with. You got idiots like that Rob Reiner saying, "Oh, Trump should be charged with manslaughter." Are you kidding? I mean, these people. And then Joy Reid and April Ryan don't play with maggot children. Stay away from maggot children. Or maybe, maybe this is a thing upon Trump and the MAGA supporters from uh, on high. I mean, it, it. Ask a question of Dr. Piper when he comes on. How does he keep from losing his Christianity? in the face of this hate and this stupidity. Uh, I cannot believe that President Trump doesn't come down from behind the microphone and grab these people by the throat and just put them where they belong. I I mean, it's incredible. My daughter is an orthodontist in Columbus. She had a closer office. And the worst thing she had to to do, Bob, was lay off seven of her long-term employees. She has been... Totally stressed out, scrambling with her attorney, trying to figure out how they can do a leave of absence. She paid them their vacation pay, their sick time, and also an extra two months. So, you know, this, this of all things, is collateral damage, okay? And who's responsible? The Chinese. Not Absolutely. America, not the world. China. Why That's right. Why did they destroy zero? Why did they refuse our help? The president should say, well, if it didn't come from China... Why did they destroy Ground Zero, round up people around there, and doctors who've never been seen since? And why did they? And why did they evict American journalists who were on hand there to get to the bottom of this, to cover this? Uh, they evicted journalists from uh, from the Wall Street Journal, from the Washington Post, and the New York Times. Not that I would have had a whole lot of trust that the New York Times and the Washington Post would have reported it accurately, anyway. But we deserved yeah. a shot, and they kicked them out because they want they don't want the world to know the details of what they are responsible for here. Because the longer this goes on, particularly here in the United States, which is, let's be frank. China is not an ally, even though they're a trading partner. They're an enemy. They're even more of an enemy of Donald Trump. Donald Trump instituted tariffs on Chinese goods. That is something that never, ever would have been conceived of by another president. They know it cost them billions. And this is their way of saying, let's let the blame blame, uh, lie with Trump and uh, let the American people take him down so that we get rid of this thorn in our side. And the the, uh, Chinese government uh, 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 is is trusting that that is exactly what will happen. And you know what, Norm? They're right. The very same newspapers who defend them and and, uh, propagate all of their nonsense. You know, Bob, five of the FBI's ten most wanted are in Shanghai, China. They're the masterminds behind all the cyber attacks for the last five years against the United States, against Blue Cross Blue Shield, against Equifax, against the federal government. So that tells you something. 
when five of the ten, half of the top ten most wanted, belong to the PLA, People's Liberation Army, out of Shanghai, Shanghai, China's Special Cyber Security Division. Those are allies? Those are friends? No, Bob. No, that tells that tells you a lot. Norm, I got to run because I got to get to the news. But thank you, my friend. Great call. It's nine thirty news now. We're going to talk to Dave Zanotti from the American Policy Roundtable about all of this next, right here in fourteen twenty. The answer. Nine thirty-five. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks so very much for spending time with us. We're talking obviously about the uh, panic that has been induced in the United States of America over the coronavirus. Uh, two places to point fingers of blame. Actually, three. One is at the American government, which the left enjoys doing. Another is going to be at the American media, which I think is very importantly, uh, very responsible for this uh, in a large way, and most most importantly. Uh, I point the finger of blame at the Chinese government. They are the ones responsible for this, not the Chinese people, not Chinese Americans, but the Chinese government. And that is extraordinarily important as we work our way through this. And joining us now to talk about the ramifications it is having on Americans, on our jobs, on our businesses, and more, is my friend Dave Zanotti from the American Policy Roundtable and the Public Square Broadcast Network. Dave Zanotti, good to have you back on the airwaves here on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you, sir? Bob, I'm well. How are you? You sound like you're doing just fine. We are great here, just uh, trying to work our way through this, make some sense of it like everybody else is. Your family healthy, Dave? Thank you. And I ask this question of everyone. How many people do you know that have the coronavirus? I know of no one. Yeah, I don't know anybody personally. Um, I know, like, tangentially some people. My wife's coworkers, friends have it, these kinds of things. So there are a few people that I know uh, from okay. a few de- few degrees of separation, but nobody that I yeah. know personally. No, that's correct. Yeah, and I, I, I have asked probably 30 people that uh, this week so far, and uh, a few references extended, but not many. Uh, that's because we have, in the state of Ohio, 88 cases confirmed. Well, you're correct. We have 80. And by the way, that number has gone up from earlier this week. I think it was Tuesday I saw that it was at 66. So the fact that it's yep. gone up by 22 in a couple of days is, 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 you know, is, is something to be concerned about. But that is an awfully large gap between that number and the 100,000 that um, Dr. Amy Acton, the uh, uh, the uh, chair, or I can't remember her exact title, with the Ohio Department of Health, used when she said there are 100,000 cases in the state of Ohio alone that has led to some of the decision-making that's gone on here. And, Dave, that's got a lot of people freaked out. Well, let's talk about this, Bob. Um, <clears throat> first off, there's no doubt that we get it. Um, we have spent the last eight weeks. Now, I know people have spent eight years, 18 years, uh, 50 years in, the, in, the, in this realm, and I'm not pretending to be a, a doctor on the air, but we have spoken to a lot of doctors, and we have read into this subject for months now on what it really is and what it really means. We're not afraid to debate anyone on the, in the field. Fauci, the whole way down, and particularly, I would love to have a debate with Amy Acton, the Department of Health Director, and with Mike DeWine on what they see and why they're doing what they're doing. 
We've reached out to them and to John Husted, and so far they won't talk to us. They say in their news conferences at 2 o'clock that they're here to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and to be transparent, but they won't talk to us. Now, we're in the public policy business, and I don't dislike Mike DeWine. He's been a friend for a long time, and I've supported him over the years, and I think Mike is a good person who wants to do the right thing and is going about doing it exactly the wrong way, and here's why. Amy Acton and Mike DeWine have basically drank the Kool-Aid of the worldwide lab coach community. They have a formula that says there's only one way to fix this problem because we don't have antivirals, we don't have a vaccine, and we don't have enough antibodies in the community to fight this. The only way we're going to do it is by separating everyone so that we slow the transmission of the disease down dramatically, and that's our only way out. Well, that's not our only way out. They talk about that they're going to flatten the curve, and by flattening the curve, then that's going to give us time to get to a vaccine. That's not a stupid idea, but it's not the only part of the equation. Real quickly, Bob, here's what they're missing. They're saying we must flatten the curve, and it's got to get more and more extreme because we've got to protect ourselves against the hospital surge that's coming because we can't stop the virus. We can't stop the virus. We can't stop the virus. No matter what we do, we can't stop it. It's going to get the elderly. It's going to get the most vulnerable, and it's going to blow up our hospital systems. And then you say, well, wait a second. What do you need for this to not blow up our hospital systems? Let's run the numbers. Give me your worst-case scenario. And they do. And we sit back and say, well, wait a second. If you have 50,000 more ventilators and 50,000 more hospital beds, would you have a hospital system that was surged and blown up? And they say no. And we say, well, then, how about we build 50,000 new ventilators? There's companies begging for work. The biggest ventilator company in Washington State right now says they could do five times more business if the government would come and ask them to build ventilators. And I found 500... I'll I'll add to that, if I may... Uh, Dave, if I may interrupt, um, uh, I believe Ford, Ford Motor Company, uh, which of course has stopped production of cars, as have so many of the the, the giant car makers around the world, including uh, the big three in Detroit. But Ford has said we'll convert and we'll produce ventilators or respirators or whatever it is that you need us to produce. We have the technology, we have the equipment, we have the manpower. We'll we'll crank these things out quickly. Give us the specs, give us the materials, and let's do this thing. So there is a there there is a way to try to control that, and that is not something that I understand at this point anyway that has been tapped into. The, the, the Prime Minister of Great Britain has asked Rolls-Royce and Ford, why hasn't Mike DeWine asked Ohio manufacturers to help him find this capacity? <clears throat> Dr. Chuck McGowan on our staff, uh, who just came out of quarantine, he's 84 years old, still practicing medicine, came out of quarantine and did not get the disease when the first patient in his county was found in his office across the hall from him. All right. Now, I'm not saying this isn't a problem. What I'm saying is you've got to fix it on both ends because if you fix the hospital surge, then that gives you even more space to give people more space to have a living because right now the cure that they're prescribing is worse than the disease. We are literally throwing Ohio into the Soviet Union of the late 60s. We're standing in line for permission to enter a grocery store and buy a loaf of bread. We're rationing health care. We're rationing our liberties along with our groceries because we've got two people running this show who are scared to death and haven't done the problem solving that most business people could do in this state and fix them. And they are being asked, let us help you. And let me tell you something. It's not money. 
Mike DeWine sitting on a rainy day fund of $3 billion. He could fix the surge problem for a billion and give himself far more space and quit treating people like we the people are the enemy when we're trying to help the guy. Let me, Dave Zanotti is my guest from the American uh, Policy Roundtable. Let me uh, play devil's advocate here and defend uh, the governor sure. and, uh, and his team. Um, what they are saying does indeed, I think there's a lot of valid questions, there are a lot of valid questions you raise about their decision making on this. But they're not alone. It seems as though there's almost unanimity among governors, and yes, the President of the United States, who essentially declared himself to be a wartime president now, this is a war against this virus, um, and the, the, uh, recommendations by the White House now, for now only recommendations, but who knows that they will become direct orders the way Governor DeWine has, has, um, uh, has, has, uh, demanded. Uh, of sheltering in place, um, 14 to 15 days, the president has said, and the White House has said, it's right on their website, we want people to stop going out unless you have to go out for an emergency or to get food, stay where you are so that you don't uh, spread this virus. So if I'm Governor DeWine and I'm on Governor DeWine's team and I'm hearing the criticism, and there is a lot of it, uh, I'm saying, look, I'm doing the same thing that the president is recommending, and I'm doing the same thing that other governors are recommending. There's got to be some, you know, there's a lot of smart people in this group among us who are making these decisions. We must be doing something right. Hang on, though, Bob. Does that mean all the rest of us are stupid? No, but uh, the rest of but the rest but the rest of us are looking to those leaders, Dave. As you know, hold on. The rest the rest of us are looking. Most of the people who voted for Mike DeWine, I'm sure you agree. You probably did too. Voted for President Trump, and President Trump kind of we we tend to trust that he's got his finger on the pulse of this and doing it the right way. If he's recommending recommending some of the same things, there's got to be something to it. Now go ahead. Well, here's the thing. I've been in this business for 40 years, and I'm not smarter than anybody else, but I'm not dumber than Mike DeWine or Donald Trump. They're no smarter than me when it comes to the lab coats. When you get the research from an epidemiologist that makes all their life in the world of academics and chasing grant money by scaring people to death and proving that they're smarter than everybody else, and they put their numbers up and you do basic math and math doesn't add up, it's time to ask questions. And we have asked those questions. We're not suggesting this isn't a problem. We're not suggesting that part of their answers don't work. What we're saying is you're collapsing an economy and promising people the government will make it good for you. And we all know that's not true. And we had a governor just by fiat, in direct violation of the Ohio Constitution and the Ohio Revised Code, cancel an election. Bob, that kind of behavior is unfair in America six months ago, let alone 60 years ago. How can a governor by fiat cancel an election and then sue himself, go to court to try to get the court to cover for him? And the court says, get out of here. This is a matter for the General Assembly, not you or me. Go home. I won't touch this thing because it stinks. And then he tells us he's going to do it, and he has his director of health do it. The, 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 The legal trashing of our liberties here is far worse than the trashing we faced through the Patriot Act. We all know what happened after 9-11 and the privacies that we've lost. What we are losing here, just from the realm of civil liberty and common sense alone, should frighten all of us. These people are running scared. I don't care if they're all running in the same direction. When a herd gets spooked, they run in the same direction. And these people are not 
using sound judgment. They're afraid. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, of a sound mind. You fix the surge problem, and then you can give people more space because you don't have to worry as much about protecting the elderly because if they get sick, you've got what you need to help them. Then it's up to the elderly to protect themselves. You see, this is what's missing here. They're treating us all like we're little children that can't protect ourselves. It's not their job to protect let, us. Let, let me ask you, Dave, let, let me ask you to substitute your judgment for that of the governor here. Uh, and and let's say, because this is the difficulty. You know, I, somebody said on Facebook uh, Tuesday, I think it was, say, I'm glad I'm not Mike DeWine, and I'm glad I'm not President Trump, and I don't have to make the decisions on what to close and what not to close, because obviously you're going to get hit from all sides. If you don't close things, what's the matter with you? You're going to let this pandemic spread. If you do close things, you're going to crush the economy. I got it. So let me ask you, would you have closed the schools when Mike DeWine did, no. or would you now? Uh, and, and how would you handle again? Cause let me no just throw no. this. Let me, okay. Before you, before you give me the details on your answer, or Dave uh, Zanotti, I think I saw this morning on Fox and Friends, I could be wrong, but that New York a week ago had, I want to say six. Uh, uh, cases, they have over 2,500, this is New York City, not New York State, they have over 2,500 today, the rate of that expansion, the rate of that growth is That's obviously exponential. State. Yeah, it was, right. it was New York State, sure. okay, I thought it was New York City. That's a pretty rapid thing, if that same sure. rate applies a week from now and a week, a month from now, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, that's where it gets its name pandemic. Now we're talking about a massive number of people. So you're saying, no, you wouldn't have closed the schools, no. you wouldn't close the businesses, no. tell me what you would do and why. No, well, first off, you wouldn't close the schools because there are just as many epidemiologists that will tell you that's the wrong thing to do since children are asymptomatic and the le- when they get it and the least vulnerable to get it in the first place. Therefore, if they're asymptomatic, if they get it, you don't know, then you send them out in the community and they infect more people. Furthermore, if you keep them together, in the, they are the safest there because they're the healthiest community. There's just as good an argument to not close the schools as there is to close them. So when you get a 50-50 situation, you let the local communities decide. You don't become the dictator and tell everybody what they're going to do because your lab coat says this, the other lab coat says the other. That's when you have to let freedom decide and let people accept their own responsibilities. I get the idea of saying, look, we're going to help. We're going to build up the hospital systems. We're going to build up to protect the elderly who need it the most. We're going to say you shouldn't go to nursing homes, and we'll ban you from going to nursing homes to protect the elderly. I get that because they can't protect themselves. But if people can protect themselves, you let them. Furthermore, arbitrarily nickeling and dying. Hey, hold, hold on, hold on one second. Before hold on that last quote. That last quote. Sure. You said if people can protect themselves, you let them. Again, devil's advocacy position here for you. Sure. Um, the bars were closed all over the country, not just in Ohio. Mike DeWine may have been the first, I think, to close bars and restaurants. You're but darn right. Not the, not, but, 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 not, but not the only. And, for example, um, you know, millennials, uh, late teenagers, you know, 18, 19, and then the early 20 crowd, which I guess maybe these are part of Gen Z, too. But at any rate, the younger folks... Um, when given an opportunity to protect themselves, said, well, the bars are closed, well, let's go to the beach. And they went to the beaches by the, the thousands. 
Uh, what's that? Statistically, they're the least vulnerable. If they want to go get yeah, yeah, but Dave, but Dave, but Dave, but Dave, but Dave, you keep you you keep saying that, and that is true. They are, but they can carry it to other people who are vulnerable. They went to they the they went to the beaches. They went hold on. They went to the beaches though, where they're all in very close quarters with one another uh, because they closed the bar. So you said if we give people a chance to take care of themselves, they will. That might not necessarily be the case by that example. Don't hang around with the people who are illegitimate and don't care. You step in, as opposed to crashing your entire economy. Now, Bob, if this yes. was Ebola, I wouldn't be there. I'd be in a completely different position. I'd agree with Fauci and the president and the governor. I get it. But, Bob, look at all of the statistics. Eighty to ninety percent of the people who get this have a common cold symptom flu for two weeks, and it's over. Now, if we as Americans are to the place where we're going to surrender our liberty, surrender our economy because we can't handle a cold and the flu, then what's going to happen to our country? Understand, I didn't say the elderly. We have to protect them. I'm 100% in favor of that. But if Mike DeWine was in favor of doing that, why has he put his money where his mouth is and protected them by building the ventilators, getting the hospital beds which are available in Ohio, protecting them, walling them off as best as possible, then dealing with the rest of it. As it is, he's made the cure worse than the disease. It's a flu. You're not Dave, going to die. Dave, let me uh, let me wrap it because i got music playing here, but with the most important question, and sadly I'm only going to give you about 30 seconds to answer it. But the most important Sorry, question is, the most important question is why? Why, given all of the things that you just said, do you think that, for example, the president, forget about Mike DeWine for a moment, why is the president taking this course of action, which is pretty much right along the lines of, of Governor DeWine? Because they're terrified of the media, and they all want to be superheroes, and they don't trust the American people. And they're not thinking like business people, which they say they are, and solving problems instead of simply trying to make people afraid. They're treating us like children, and they're insulting us all. We're better than them. You did it in 30 seconds. I'm impressed. I, I appreciate that. Dave Zanotti, thank you so much. Really appreciate the insight and analysis. This is all what we are, we all have to think about right now and to try to figure out the best way forward. You really bring some great thoughts to the discussion. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Bob. You got it. Dave Zanotti from the American Policy Roundtable, 953. Let's get a timeout, take a couple of calls on AM 1420, The Answer. So, as I noted at the beginning of the show, we are going to examine this from all perspectives. And uh, Dave Zanotti just had a really, really interesting perspective. And 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 it's it really is fascinating as I look at the nation by nation or country by country statistical chart. If the pandemic is so unstoppable, I'm wondering why it bebops around the globe rather than spreading geographically from its epicenter. Here's what I mean by that. The number of cases, uh, the most number of cases in the world, of course, is where it started in Wuhan, China. China has 80,000 cases and over 3,200 deaths. Then it skips the rest of the Asian continent and goes to Italy. 35,000 cases and 2,900 deaths. Then it goes from Europe to the Middle East. Iran, 18,000 with 1,200 deaths. Then it goes back to Europe. Spain is in position number four, 15,000 cases, 640 deaths. 
Then Germany, 13,000 cases, 31 deaths. Then the United States finally checking in at number six with 9,480. What I'm wondering is, Russia shares about 2,500 miles of border with China. Why does Russia have only... Where'd the number go here? Hold on a second. It's a long chart. It's a long list. Russia has 147 cases and one death. Russia shares... 2,500 miles of border. Why does Hong Kong have only, where did they go? Well, I could just list uh, you know, so many of the countries on the Asian continent here. I wonder why they are so few. I mean, Japan only has 900 cases. Malaysia has 900 cases. Um, da, 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 let me find the rest of them. Singapore has 313 cases. Um, trying to find other. Thailand has 272 cases. I mean, they're, they're all tiny, little fractions of what other countries that are nowhere near China has. And I want to know why. If the, if the disease is so unstoppable and it cannot stop from being spread from here to there to everywhere, how does it bebop around the globe the way that it is? I'm failing to understand. Vietnam has 76 cases. There's another one. Um, it, it's just it's one of those questions that I would like to have answered by some of the quote unquote lab coats that that uh, Dave was talking about. Let me squeeze in a call here from um, Kevin in Sagamore Hills. Kevin, you're hey. on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yes, well, I, I I find how we're keeping track of this. Uh, the numbers are, are are off. It's it's more fear mongering. You can't keep a running total of how many people have become infected. You need to know how many people are becoming infected each day. So you can track to see, is it growing or is it going back down? You're not going to have the, you know, flatten the curve if you just keep on focusing on how many people are actually infected. Well, they are tracking it each day. No, no, they they are tracking it each day, Kevin. They are. That's how they know. That's the reason they're pointing out that, the you know, this 15-day thing. And they say it is going to get worse. It is going to have more people each day. Uh, but it's the fact that they slow it down so that the new number each day starts to become smaller over the period of weeks. Then, obviously, as they talk about, the medical cool. system won't be overwhelmed. Well, it seems like every time at the press conference, they just keep on focusing on how many people have been infected. No, I mean, no, they, they're not. They no, no, I, I want to disagree with you on that, Kevin, because I've seen it. They're talking about new cases, each day new cases. That's why the New York story that I was discussing with Dave Zanotti is so important. They had six cases a week ago. They got over 2,500 cases now. They're, so they're going day by day and saying, what is the rate of increase? What is the rate of expansion? Therefore, how can we project going forward what we're going to need? So they are doing it on a day by day. Maybe you're just not hearing it in those terms, but they are. Kevin, i got to go. I appreciate the call. It's 10.01. Let's get to the news. We'll come back. More calls and Dr. Everett.